Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Today, our guest is Ricky Sapp. Ricky attended Bamberg Earhart High School, where he was the number one player in South Carolina and a top national prospect headed to Clemson University. He was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles and spent five years in the NFL with the New York Jets, the Houston Texans, Texans, and the Washington Redskins. Really struggling with pronunciation today. We'll get there, Ricky. Um, today is a motivational speaker and foundation of the Ricky Sapp Foundation. His goal is to empower younger generations to utilize their power and authority to help change the world. Thanks for being on the show today, Ricky. Man, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I know a little bit about you, but let me just hand you the virtual mic, and, and it's your show. <laughs> All right. Let's go. I, will, I promise I won't talk too long. But So my name is Ricky Sapp. I'm from Bamberg, South Carolina. Um, from there, I went to the best college in the world, by the way, Clemson University. I played in the NFL for five years. Um, right now, currently, I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where I'm the, the dancing substitute teacher. I'm not sure if you saw that, but <laughs> so I'm a substitute teacher. I do motivation speaking. I also coach high school football, and I do some personal training on, on the side. Now, whenever I do say that I'm a substitute teacher, kids never believe me. <laughs> they never believe me. So whenever I go speak to kids, I always uh, ask them, do you believe me? And they always say no. But the way I got the dancing substitute name was when I go to these schools and sub, what I do is I ask the kids, hey, who in here can dance? And then I have dance battles. I haven't won not one dance battle yet, by the way. So, but um, I want to say this. I want to tell uh, the kids my love story. And uh, this is my love story. So about 2015, I was just transitioning from the NFL. I was still, you know, hoping uh, to play again. I got hurt with the Houston Texans. I came back to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I had the opportunity to go speak to a high, I had an option to go speak to a high school called North Myrtle Beach High School. And I went there, I spoke with them. A couple of days later, uh, one of the coaches reached out and said, hey, you know, we would love for you to be a volunteer coach. I looked at the text message, I threw the phone down. I said, I am not a coach, I play football. A couple of days later, they asked me again, and about this time, I told one of my friends, and it was like, you know, maybe you should give it a try. So I went to this high school, and I was volunteer coaching. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but as I was working with these kids at North Myrtle Beach High School, I started to feel something. But I hated it because in my mind, I thought that I was supposed to be playing football for a long time. Now, as that football season went along, I became passionate with these kids Man, I was loving it. Uh, I was so excited. But it was still some days that I couldn't even show up because I was so down and depressed because I was, you know, still transitioning from the NFL. And I was still thinking and hoping that I would play again. Now, on these days that I didn't come to practice, the kids would reach out to me and say, hey, you know, coach, practice is not the same when you're not there. The energy is not the same. Now, these kids, you know, um, I had no idea that I was being so impactful to them. So, as that season went along, they asked me to do JV basketball. So I'm doing JV basketball. I'm standing outside one night, and me and the head coach, we're talking to two young men. And one of the, one of the kids look at me and say, hey, you know, 
why are you so hard on this man? You know, why do you care? And without me even thinking, I look at this kid and I say, man, I love you. And that night at North Myrtle Beach High School, that night was when I fell in love with kids all over the world. But that night is when I figured out that God put me here to work with kids and encourage kids. And that's my love story. But see, these kids at North Myrtle Beach High School, they thought it was so cool to have an NFL guy there coaching them. What they didn't know is that they saved my life and they helped me find my purpose. So once I figured out my purpose in life was kids, I tried to put myself around kids as much as possible. But catch this, I figured out my message for kids was, kids have all the power and authority to help change this world and make it a better place than what it already is. I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real honest. We have not seen a generation that has done anything worth talking about. My generation, the generation before us, the generation that can change that is the generation now. This is a very creative generation. Catch this, this is a generation that believes in working for themselves, creating jobs. This is the generation that can make the change that we've never seen. And nobody has probably told these kids this, but I'm gonna keep telling them. They are the generation that can use that power and authority and change the world. It's three things that I tell kids this, that they can use to implement the power and authority. The first one is be a leader, all right? We need leaders. I know it's so easy right now for them to get on social media and follow what everybody is doing. We need them to lead. The second one is be fearless. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people will laugh at you for doing what's right. You know, so I always tell them, be fearless and just do the right thing anyway. The last one is my favorite one, dream big. Uh, don't ever let small minds convince you that your dreams are too big. And that's my message that I tell kids. And that's my love story that I tell them. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah, Ricky. Man. So yeah, now I, I see behind you, your DB. I know this is dream big, live big, right? Yeah. Can you oh, talk yeah. a little bit about your foundation and what you're doing with kids right now? Yeah, so my foundation, it, it uh, empowers kids, it encourages kids. So what we do with the foundation is this. Every year, we start off the year with my basketball, celebrity basketball game, where we have NFL guys come in, they play each other, we raise money for my high school and for the community. Then um, what we're doing now, what, what comes next is my football cheerleading camp. That's free. We got free gear. We have NFL guys come in. I got an NFL Pro Bowl cheerleader. <laughs> that comes down and do cheerleading. Um, we can get free gear, free food. We give out awards. Then I have a back-to-school project where I get 10 girls, 10 boys in Murder Beach and in my hometown. I get their hair cut, hair done. I give them a book bag. And uh, that's the school project. Thanksgiving, we we find families, 10 families in Murder Beach, 10 families in my hometown. And we go door-to-door and we hand out a turkey box. And then Christmas, you probably didn't see the photos or videos, but this last Christmas, what we did was me and my son, we dressed up. I was an elf. My son was a gingerbread man. My neighbor was a, 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 elf, a elf. We had a Santa Claus, and we went door to door to 10 families in Bamber in my hometown, and we gave out Christmas gifts. So that's what my foundation does. And then, of course, I use my foundation with my motivational speaking. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you're keeping really busy uh, even though oh, yeah. so you're not playing full-time anymore but you you found things to definitely take up your time that's awesome I, oh, yeah, oh yeah oh yeah so i want to go back in time a little bit in high Let's school you were highly recruited one of the top recruits in the whole country um if i remember right you were a five-star recruit I and was. 
had had your pick of whatever university you wanted to go to. So you were used to being the the star in high school. Yes. My yes, experience definitely. has shown that people who are on top, life isn't perfect for them. Talk about mm-hmm. some of the struggles and the challenges of being the person that's at the top of the pile that that everyone's looking to. What were the hard things for you in high school? Well, I, I, I think the hardest thing was always having that eye on you. You know, you couldn't mess up. You couldn't be on that football field and not produce. Right. You know, that was one of the main things that stuck out. But also just always having someone in your space, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, early in my career, you know, I had so many people watching me. And even when I got to college, you know, right. um, so I was always, the, you know, the the guy. But, you know, eventually I went from being the guy to being the hurt guy. And that's where I really started to struggle because I I never got hurt in my life until my junior year in college. Mm-hmm. And I tore my ACL. Um, so that was an unfamiliar space for me, you know. And right then and there, I think that that's where some depression started to build up. Um and that kind of carried on to the NFL. So I, I struggled with anxiety and depression for a good bit of my, of my career. Right. Now, with the injury, I know that that really set your career back because even though you were still drafted and had the chance to play in the <laughs> NFL, you were drafted more on potential. I, I think a lot of people were nervous about injuries from that point on. Um, what was that process like in, in meeting with the different teams and talking about what you – could do versus what maybe a liability you were with your injuries. Yeah, you know, and that was a struggle for me because I was projected to go early to be a top, you know, be a yeah. top pick, you know. But when I went into these meetings, all the coaches were speaking the same thing. They was like, "Man, you know, you we want to put you high on our draft board, but we're not sure about your knee. You know, tell us how, tell us about your knee. Tell us how you feel, and then tell us how long do you think you can play." You know, so that was a question that I had to ask in every meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine what that must have been like. But I think the cool thing for you and what you're doing now with that is relating to kids who ev- all of us have setbacks. Here we are in the middle of the coronavirus. There's a lot of political and social unrest right now in our country. It's not going the way we planned. And we can see from your story that you can turn that into a positive, that you can look for the things that you can control and that, that you can do. What's some general advice that you have for kids moving forward when things aren't going the way that they planned? Um, what made it possible for you to pivot and try new things and, and try new things out? Well, I, I, I think the biggest thing for me was that uh, once I understood what was next for me, I went with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been someone because I play sports, I've always been competitive, you know, so I love to compete. And I think the biggest person that you have to defeat is yourself. You know, I let myself win, you know, for a while with being down and being depressed, you know. So one thing that I would tell kids is this. They have just shown us that they are tough because they had to go through this virus with missing school, missing sports. Some people had to miss graduation. So they are already a tough generation of kids. But my best advice is this. Make sure you know who you are and then make sure that you have a strong supporting cast. Because that was one of the things that, that I had in place was I had a strong supporting cast. And then with that strong supporting cast, after you have that, then you have to know that 
whatever you are doing with your 24 hours, that's going to point to what you want to do in life and where you're going to be in life. And I always tell kids this, be a kid, you know, have fun, but understand that it's a time to play. It's a time to work. And so that's what I would tell them. Cool. That's great advice. Now I have to ask yeah. just because you mentioned that you're the dancing substitute. I'm actually, oh, yeah. I'm the dancing teacher. I, I have a book coming out later this year called Are dancing you? in the classroom. Yeah. Wow. So I have to ask you a little bit about that. When you're dancing with your kids, are you doing it just for fun, or what's your motive behind um, dancing in the classroom? So, 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 my whole thing with dancing is this: I always like dancing. When I would be in the weight room, I always like to dance. So, my motivation behind it is I want to relate to the kids. You know, that's my whole thing: is to be able to relate to them and to show them, like, hey, you know, you guys like dancing. I like dancing too. So let's dance, let's have fun, and let's, and let's have conversations about it, you know, because I think that that shows their creative side. So cool. that's my whole reason for dancing. When I go into a school, uh, I love to see their face because nobody, nobody is expecting a substitute teacher to come in and say, hey, let's dance, you know. And I have a shirt that says um, Dancing for Smiles, and on the back of it, it says the Dancing Substitute Teacher. And I wear that in the schools, yeah. So that's my whole reason behind dancing with the kids. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that there are kids that get to dance with you. That's awesome that you're providing that service and, and getting into schools. That's really cool. And they beat me too. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know the feeling. I, I go through the same thing with my students. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with us today and, and inspiring kids around the world. If kids want to learn more about you or about your foundation, where should they go? The Ricky, so I'm on Instagram. I know they love, they love Instagram. My Instagram name is the Ricky Sap Foundation. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, um, Ricky Sap. Um, what, what else? Twitter. I'm on Twitter too, Sap91. And I have my own website, um, the RickySapFoundation.com. Cool. Well, we'll yeah. link those up in the description. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. You're truly welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to virtual assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this virtual assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in-school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.